Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's cracking? This is Darren McDuffie welcoming you to uh, Batman Radio. And tonight I am very excited. But before I um, tell you what I'm so excited about, I wanted to just just share something with you. So last weekend I did my first bout of hypnotherapy. And if you are uh, if you aren't familiar with hypnotherapy, I'll tell you what it is. It's actually uh, you do a session, and I did a session where you kind of confront some of your subconscious beliefs. And I've had this big fear of failure for a long time. Even though I was an athlete and I played basketball in front of a lot of people, I've always, uh, when it came to my business and, and doing the things that you see me doing now with the, um, you know, the nutrition and the exercise and all that other stuff, I always had this big fear of failure that I wouldn't attract enough people. So, uh, last Saturday, I took some steps to kind of uh, alleviate that, and uh, I had a session with uh, with a young lady here uh, in Cold Springs, Florida, where I am located, um, and we dealt with my fear of failure. So um, uh, she kind of took me through uh, what was happening, and for those of you out there who don't know, is that we form a set of beliefs from the time we were between the ages of 7 and 12, and we perform we actually do what I call stinking thinking. That's where we get all the things. Uh, my mother used to say something like money doesn't grow on trees, which affects prosperity and, and things of that nature. Or um, there were times when my mom said, I just can't afford that. And that all goes back into your subconscious beliefs. And believe it or not, we live those things over and over again. And that's why we can't seem to move forward. Uh, sometimes you might make some money and sometimes the money might, you may not make money. And that it's all because you're living a set of subconscious belief and they create your reality over and over and over again. So I decided to just take some steps to kind of erase my subconscious beliefs and then do something about that and form some new subconscious beliefs so I can move forward because I have some big, big things on my plate that I want to do, especially with nutrition and some other things. And I just felt that the need for me, in order for me to move forward, I need to kind of erase some of the things that I was thinking about and form some new patterns, form some new beliefs so I can create a new reality. So I just wanted to share that with you. And I always like to tell people if there's something that's holding you back, then it's up to you to recognize that and move forward. I've seen so many people with health uh, not improve their health because they think that they can't afford it or someone not improving their relationship because they're scared, they're afraid to let go of that one person who um, they think that they'll never find somebody else. So if there's something that's holding you back, don't be afraid to step out there and actually uh, do something about it. Move forward. Move forward in your life. I'm all about that. So tonight um, I'm very excited because I tracked this gentleman down. I, I, I actually tracked him down. I read his book about a year ago through a friend uh, suggestion, and I hope she's listening tonight. But I read his book. I went to the library found the book, read it cover to cover. I think I read the book in about three days, and I probably could have read it in two days if I would have just uh, sat there. But I had to eat, sleep, you know, wash, all of that stuff. So um, the book is called Never Be Sick Again, and it's written by Dr. Raymond Francis. And this book, I have two favorite books, and this will probably change as I start interviewing people. But right now I have two favorite books. And one is Never Be Sick Again, which I'm uh, interviewing. And one is Kevin Trudeau's book, Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About. And these were two books that kind of started me on the path. 
But Never Be Sick Again, I think, is a great book for those out there who are on their journey. They've just started discovering, just starting to be conscious about their health. And it explains everything. I'm telling you, the book kind of goes in-depth with everything. But it's a simple book, and it's very, very easy to read, and anybody can understand. And it doesn't talk over your head. There's a lot of books that I read. They, they tend to talk over your head, and then you get disinterested in them. But this book is very, very down-to-earth, very easy to read. And for someone who was, I believe Dr. Francis was uh, trained as a scientist at MIT, for him to write something that was so reader-friendly is, is just a testament to him. So I'm going to bring uh, Dr. Francis on, and we'll get started with the interview. And before I do that, let's just get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, if you want to dial into the show and ask a question, the number is 646-716-9371. Again, number is 646-716-9371. And I'm going to encourage you to, to dial in and ask questions. Don't be shy about this stuff. There was a time when I would just keep my mouth closed and I wouldn't ask questions. And I remember something my mother said to me, and it's always kind of rang true. She said, close mouths don't get fed. So if you have something that you want to ask, there's no dumb questions. There are no dumb questions when it comes to your health. So call in, ask a question. You have myself and you have an expert. You have Dr. Francis on the line, and he's ready to accept your questions and answer them. So let me bring Dr. Francis on. Dr. Francis, are you there? I am here. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Welcome to uh, Fat Man Radio. And that stands for uh, Perfectly Healthy and Tone, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's get into uh, Never Be Sick Again. I, I know you heard me raving about the book. And I, I like I said before we actually got on the show, I really enjoyed the book. And I think it's a very uh, simple book to read and everybody can understand that. And the first chapter of your book is dedicated to your story and I was just wondering if you could share with the listeners your story and how you know how you came about help and how you actually almost died yeah I almost died that's for sure well you know I, here I am a highly trained scientist from the best scientific school in the entire world and I didn't know anything about human health I knew a lot about chemistry but I didn't know a lot about human health. I thought I was living a, a good a good life, and I, I didn't abuse myself. I mean, I didn't take street drugs. I didn't abuse alcohol. I, I didn't eat, you know, lots of sugar. I, you know, so basically, I, I led a pretty good life. Um, I ended up getting sick, and then I went to my doctors, and uh, and what the doctors did is they made me sicker. Uh, so after I got sicker, um, I went to more doctors, and they made me even sicker, <laughs> and uh, and they finally finally almost killed me. Um, I took a drug that the doctor prescribed, and and the drug poisoned my liver. Uh, my liver died. You know, you hear of stories every now and then. People, uh, you know, go out and pick poison mushrooms. They eat the mushrooms, and and it destroys their liver, and they die. Well, that's what happened to me. I took a prescription drug, um, and uh, it poisoned my liver, and my death was a medical certainty. There was nothing that could save me, um, and and at the last moment, I used my own knowledge of biochemistry to save my life. 
And then it took me two years of hard work and learning to get to where I could go back to work again. And that's how far gone I was. I, I was I was almost dead. And I'll tell you, I was in bed one day um, and and my neck hurt. And so what do you do when your neck hurts? Well, you, you move your head. Uh-huh. So I told my head to move, and it would not move. I could not move my head. That's how far gone I was. That's how close to death I was. I couldn't move. So um, I was pretty far gone, and uh, and as I started getting getting well and and learning and and learning more and more and more, and then finally I got to where I could go back to work again, but it was never the same again. I kept asking, why did I get sick? How do people get sick? How do you take a healthy person and make them a sick person? How do you take a sick person and make them a healthy person? What do you have to do? What has to happen at the molecular level, at the cellular level? And I started getting answers to these questions, and and they just blew me away, just blew me away. Uh, And finally, after a few years of this, I, I one day just decided to quit everything, I resigned from everything I was doing. I was president of a consulting firm. I was uh, on the board of directors of a hospital. I I mean, I I was a very active guy. I resigned from everything and decided to devote the remainder of my life to improving the health of the American people. And that's what I've been doing uh, every day since 1991. So I almost died at age 48, uh, and I am now um, approaching age 77. And I am in perfect health. Um, the average person my age is on eight different drugs. I take no drugs whatsoever. I have mm. boundless energy. I am never tired, never tired. I have the energy of a teenager. Uh, I never get sick. I shouldn't say never. In the past 27 years, I've had two health problems. I had two colds. Those are the only health problems I've had in 27 years. I had two colds. And I have very good excuses for the two colds, by the way. Okay. So, uh, and uh, uh, my arteries, I measure my arteries every five years. We do something called a Doppler ultrasound test. Uh, my arteries are now down to age 25. I'm approaching 77. Uh, my goal is to have the arteries of a teenager uh, by the time I'm 80 years old. So um, can anybody do this? You bet they can. You can teach anybody to achieve this level of health and vitality. Uh, I, I bounce out of bed in the morning like a piece of toast. You know, boom, I'm out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, I just, uh, you know, I'm never tired. I just go all day, and uh, I feel fabulous. I literally function like a man in his mid-20s, and I'm in, approaching my late 70s. Yeah, that's in contrast. Um, I know you're in South Florida. I didn't even know that until I started trying to track you down and get you on the show. But you're in South Florida, and we live in um, we live in what they call God's waiting room. So you have a lot of elderly people who are going from doctor to doctor, getting prescription um, prescription, and they think that this is the way that the way that they're supposed to live their lives. I have an uncle right now who is suffering from uh, dementia, and he's on. Uh, four or five different drugs, maybe even more than that. So um, I learned my health patterns, or I always had the belief that once you got over 30 years of age, that the thing was to you know get obese 
and then just live your life out um, the way that everybody else did. I saw everybody else did, uh, did do their lives. I would just get obese and then get older and then just deal with going to the doctor all the time, getting prescriptions. Yeah, well, that's what we're taught, but that isn't the way it's supposed to be. And, in fact, um, you know, talk about weight. I have no excess weight at all. I, I weigh the same that I, I weighed at age 20. I mean, I'm, I'm, I literally function like somebody in their 20s. Um, so you don't have to be sick, and drugs only make you sicker. Yeah. Because once you get into looking at what is disease, and, and this is what my books do, and this is why my books have literally gone all over the world. Um, Never Be Sick Again, um, a few years ago, was the number 10 best-selling book in America. It has gone all over the world. Um, and my books have been translated into uh, seven different languages, including Chinese and, and even Romanian. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, it, wow. It's amazing. And Turkish and Polish and um, so uh, I wrote the book so that people who didn't have my scientific knowledge could do what I did. Hmm. And um, so I've taken very complex molecular biology and, and cellular biochemistry, and, and I've distilled it down into simple concepts that we literally teach to 10-year-olds. So the, the stuff in my books we teach to 10-year-olds, and, and they profit from it, and they go off and they do well. And, and here's basically what it's all about. You know, we, we think about uh, diseases, um, you know, thousands. Literally, there are thousands. Uh, according to the World Health Organization, there's over 12,000 diseases. And I've seen estimates as high as 22,000 different diseases. Well, who can understand all of that? And the answer is nobody. Um, the truth is there's really only one disease. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. Um, see, all of us are made of these little units of life called cells. Uh, we all started life as one single cell in our mother. So we started life as a single cell organism, the same as uh, algae is a single cell organism. Uh, a bacterium is a single cell organism. That's the way we started life, one cell. And now we are multi-trillion cell organisms. Very, very, very complex. But let's, you know, who can understand trillions of cells? Again, nobody. So let's reduce it to one cell. Mm -hmm. If your one cell is, is, is functioning as it should, then it's healthy. If the cell is not functioning as it should, then the cell is not healthy. It's the same thing with you. If every cell in your body is functioning as it should, you will be healthy and you cannot be sick. The only way you can be sick is when a large number of cells malfunction. And then you're going to start to notice something. You may start to notice a, you know, a little pain here or an ache there or, or a skin rash or a, uh, you know, something else happening. Your fingernails don't look right or your hair isn't too good. or you know, You're going to start to notice things. And the more cells that malfunction, the sicker you're going to get. So, yeah, it's 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 disease. funny that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying that. Is cells that are malfunctioning? Yeah, yeah. So that's. I was actually going to ask you that question um, about health and what is health, and you kind of explained that that it's 
having right. your cells functioning properly. But exactly. the other thing is that I um, was listening to something the other day, and they were saying that even before you get those symptoms of disease, disease has already been in your body. Like you get the symptoms a, a, a lot later than the disease is manifested earlier and you get the symptoms later. So I think that that's, um, that's kind of profound. Right. And the reason for that is as a cell starts to malfunction, unless you fix it, uh, that malfunction will cause something else to go wrong which will then cause something else to go wrong. So the cell progressively becomes less and less viable. And that's what disease is. Now, you may not notice that. Uh, for example, I mean, we, we know that cancer can take 20 years to develop. But yeah. it's developing. Uh, those cells are malfunctioning. And uh, so, you know, people have to understand, we, we have a wrong concept of disease. We say, oh, I caught a cold. Um, and it lasted a week, and now I'm well. No, that's not true, because if you were well, you wouldn't have caught the cold. See, a healthy person will not get a cold, and once you get rid of the cold, uh, unless you've done something to get well, you're still sick, and now you're you're liable to get another cold or something else. So we have the wrong concept of disease. You know, disease is when a cell starts to malfunction. That's when disease is. And it may take you years to realize that this is happening in your body. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to touch on the cold thing a little bit later because I, I remember a passage from the book um, about that, but I'll, I'll save that for later. Um, with you mentioned, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce these, this tribe of people correctly. I guess it's the Hunza's. And how, yeah, and how they were healthy. Um, and I think that, I don't know if you're familiar with Weston A. Price, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, where oh, he... Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I, when I read that passage from your book, that kind of literally put me in the the mindset of uh, Weston A. Price's book as well with the, um, you know, where they had the tribes of people and he visited the native tribes. And these people exactly. had no symptoms of disease, and then when they became westernized, that's when all the disease set in. Can you kind of uh, explain that or kind of... Um, sure, uh, absolutely, and and it isn't, I talk about the Hunza in my, in my book, but it isn't only the Hunza. There have been pockets of people around the world that have been sheltered from modern civilization for one reason or another. And, and the Hunzas lived in, in a very remote valley in the Himalayas, high in the Himalayas. And so they were sheltered from the only road into the valley was only open a few months of the year. And, and it wasn't a very good road either. So they, they were sheltered from modern civilization. So right up into the 20th century, these people lived the same way they had lived traditionally. And they lived to an average age of 120 in perfect health. They didn't have any diseases. They didn't. The cancer was unknown. Alzheimer's was unknown. Diabetes was unknown. Heart disease was unknown. I mean, you know, hmm. they didn't have any of these problems. They were healthy. Uh, men over 100 years old were, you know, were were running up and down the mountain, and uh, you know, it's it, They were healthy people. And there have been pockets of healthy. It wasn't only the Huns with the Titicacas and the uh, 
and the Vilcabambas, and there were other pockets around the world where at least up into the 20th century we we could go and see these people and see how they lived and what they achieved. And and even today there are still pockets like Okinawa. Uh, More people live to be age 90 uh, in good health in Okinawa today than any other place in the world. Uh, So there are still a few places left where people live very healthy into older ages uh, but traditionally, they lived to be an average age of 120, which means you know the sick ones died at 100, and and the healthy ones died at 140, 150. Um, so they lived quite long. And I, I, in fact, in my book, I talked about Jose Roa, um, who was being interviewed at age 131, in perfect health, um, hmm. and he died at 137 of, of old age. Uh, but um, he fathered his last child, I think, at 107, and at 131 was still working his farm every day, every day working his farm. And uh, so this is what people can achieve, and and we're not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that by 107 I'm still um, spitting out children too. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. But I just read a very interesting, uh, I was just reading a book yesterday, and um, and it was talking about a man who lived in Florida. And uh, he was an immigrant from Greece, from an island in the Greek Greek islands. And and he was diagnosed with uh, terminal lung cancer. And uh, and he decided that since he was going to die, that um, he would rather go back to Greece and die among his family and uh, his extended family than to die here in Florida. Um, and so he went back to Greece, and uh, and that was like 37 years ago, and uh, and he's in perfect health. Wow. Um, so if you want to get cancer, move to America. If you want to get rid of cancer, move someplace else. He did not have any medical treatment at all, and his cancer was totally and completely cured. Uh, all he had to do was move away and uh, and eat some real food <laughs> and get mm-hmm. some good sunshine and exercise and and uh, and get rid of the toxins that we feed people here. So um, that's that's the secret. We we are making ourselves sick. Uh, the average American diet, in fact, they've done experiments. The average American diet will not support healthy life in rats. Wow. Now, can you imagine that? A rat can't live on the average American diet. I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, yeah, I believe it. I, it's just uh, the the food choices that we're making are just very poor uh, food choices, and most of our stuff is processed. It's not real food anyway, and we, you know, exactly. we'll get into that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ninety I wanted... cents out of the American food dollars spent on processed foods. Ninety cents. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just read the audience one of the things I took out of your book, and if you want to comment it on after, that's that's perfectly fine. But one of the, the things I took out of the book was, and it, it was very profound to me, and it made me think. And then, you know, I'm very nutritious, but for me, the light kind of turned on and just made me more more conscious. It said one of the most profound conclusions I have reached is that health is a choice. No one has to be sick. The potential for human health and longevity is far greater than we are now achieving. And that goes back to what we were just saying about someone living to be 137 years old. What I mean, can you comment on that? And what do you think is the um, how 
how much more can we live? Is a hundred a a good standard? Should we expect to live 137? Should we expect to live to 140 years old? What 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 do you think about that? Well, nobody really knows how long a human being can live, and I've I've you know researched this. I just wrote a, a new book on aging, so I've researched this very very uh, thoroughly. Um, the biology journals uh, say that um, human life expectancy exceeds, so careful with this word here, exceeds 135. So we don't know how much higher, but it exceeds 135, and a lot of people have said that 150 is certainly uh, a very reasonable goal. Uh, the oldest person I've ever found in all of my studies was uh, a man who was 243. Oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah, he was born in the 1600s, and he died in the early 1900s. Um, and uh, and he was sent birthday greetings at age 100 uh, by the imperial government of China. And he was sent birthday greetings again at age 200 by the imperial government of China. So they they have those records. Um, hmm. And this man was sent birthday greetings up to age 200. Now there's some uh, controversy over whether he lived to be 243 or 240, but who cares at that yeah, point? <laughs> why? You know, you know, why is it that? Um, and I'm assuming you said Chinese, so I'm assuming that he's Asian. Why is it that Asian, the Asian people or Asian culture, they tend to have much more longevity than the Westernized Westernized people? Well, it's their diet. They they eat more fresh vegetables, and, and anybody who eats more fresh vegetables is going to live longer. Uh, we don't eat hardly any fresh vegetables. Um, the average American uh, eats very, very few. Uh, and, and the thing is, they might call it fresh. For example, uh, uh, here in Florida, there's no food. Um, I, I was I moved here from California, where food is readily available for anybody who wants it. But there's no food in Florida. Uh, you've got to jump through hoops to get to buy food here. And I was just in Whole Foods yesterday, and I, I bought some celery, and, uh, and I bought some carrots. And, and, uh, and so the average person would say, oh, this is fresh food. This is fresh whole carrots, fresh celery. No, it's not, uh, because you read the label, it all comes from California, uh, and it's a minimum of two weeks old by the time I buy it. A minimum of two weeks old. Yeah. That's not food anymore. That's that's ready to be thrown in the garbage. That's garbage. It's not food. And that's the challenge we face today is that we're not getting food. You know, the the nutrition in food starts to go south uh, within hours of harvesting. So within a few hours of harvesting that carrot, it starts to lose its nutrition. And by the time it's a couple of weeks old, what's left? And the answer is not much. Yeah, not much. We actually, um, there's a new restaurant here in South Florida uh, that we tried. It's a gluten-free restaurant. Um, we went and we actually ordered a salad and um, some other things. But you could actually taste the difference in the lettuce. Like I've had lettuce before in a salad, but their lettuce was really, really fresh. It just tasted a whole lot better. So I can understand what you're saying as far as uh you know, losing the nutrients. There's one question I want to ask you while we're actually on this topic. It's the the, the topic of irritation and um, the dangers of pre-harvesting food because a lot of people don't know that, um, and I found this out by reading another book. I didn't know it either, that 
there are certain chemicals that are sprayed on the food to make it ripen faster and that food can be stored in warehouses for two years or so before it's actually oh, yes. even put out oh, on a yes. protein shelf. Can you right. talk about that? Sure. Well, see, that's part of the challenge. Um, the National Academy of Sciences studied this, and they issued a report, and they said that even if you eat a good diet, it is no longer possible to get all the nutrition you need for good health. And that's why supplementation is absolutely necessary, and that's why I make my own vitamins and sell them, because uh, supplementation is now necessary. Now, why is this happening? Well, first of all, we grow the same food in the same soil year after year after year, and we use artificial fertilizers that don't really restore the minerals to the soil. So the soils are all now mineral depleted. So um, if you're eating a carrot, um, you're really not eating a carrot. For example, um, if, you, if you eat a carrot, uh, the carrot you eat today, you have to eat four of them to get the same magnesium you got in one carrot just 50 years ago. You've got to eat up to 20 carrots to get the same zinc you got in one carrot just 50 years ago. You're kidding. And that's the result. No, this, these are absolutely, <laughs> this is well-done studies. This so, is organic, um, organic stuff as well? Uh, organic is better, but still, the organic hmm. is still you know, being grown in soils that have been depleted, and it takes years and years to restore the minerals. And each year that you farm organically, it gets better. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've taken 50 years to take the minerals out. You're not going to put them back in in a couple of years. So um, that's part of the problem. Then um, we harvest them early um, so that they don't turn rotten by the time the consumer gets them. And when you harvest them early, the, the most of the nutrition is formed in the last 24 to 48 hours of ripening. So if you don't let them naturally ripen, most of the nutrition is missing. And there's very little nutrition there to begin with because of the depleted soils. Then after you harvest them, within a couple of hours, the nutrition starts to go. And uh, by the time, and the average age of things in the supermarket is two weeks old. So by the time two weeks have elapsed, there's not much nutrition left. And there wasn't much nutrition there to begin with. And that's why we have this enormous pandemic of disease. So these that, diseases uh, that the Hunzas didn't have because they ate food. They didn't have cancer and heart disease and diabetes and Alzheimer's because they were eating food, and we're not, and we're we have not. these diseases. Exactly. Um, question here um, as far as supplementation, because I've heard both sides of the boat. One, one, some people say that you don't need any supplements, and some people are saying that, you know, you do need this to supplement. I supplement because I know that I'm not getting everything that I need from the food that I'm eating. But what are your views on, on supplementation, taking a good multivitamin, um, you know, and whatever else you might need that you're not well, getting absolutely, from your food? Well, absolutely necessary. And and even the, the uh, as I said, the National Academy of Sciences, and it doesn't get any more prestigious than, than the National Academy. And uh, they did a major study on this a few a few years back and issued a report and literally said it is no longer possible, not possible, to get all the nutrition you need 
even if you eat a good diet. Now, there are exceptions to this. There are, there are some people that maybe have their own farm and, and uh, you know, do their own thing, and, and, and for them, yes, if they farm organically, and they, uh, they could do it. But for the most of us, that is simply the situation. You're not going to get the nutrition you need. And if you are short one nutrient, just one, on a chronic basis, you will get sick the average American is chronically short at least several nutrients. Yeah. And that, again, is the basis for our epidemic of disease. And, and then we get sick and we go to the doctor, and the doctor gives us a drug that makes us sicker instead of giving us the nutrition we need to make us well. Uh, you know, the whole system is just corrupt and, and, and stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, I uh, studied uh, some stuff with Linus Pauling, and Linus Pauling said every disease can be traced back to a mineral and nutrient deficiency. Absolutely, yes. uh, because if the, you've got to, the whole secret to staying well is to keep every cell functioning normally. If the cell is missing even one nutrient, it's going to get screwed up. Hmm. And so there you go. I mean, if you're missing one mineral, it's going to get screwed up. And then that screw up will affect something else that affects something else, that affects something else, and pretty soon that cell is going to have major malfunction going on in it. And eventually you'll start to notice, you know, the little ache or pain or the little something here or the little or the cancer or something else. Yeah. But uh, it's been malfunctioning a long time before, uh, you know, if you get a cold, for example, that's that's a red flag waving. That's a siren going off saying your cells are really malfunctioning because healthy people don't get colds. They yeah, just don't. In I was going to ask you that question and get to it a little bit later, but let's go ahead and cover that now. I remember you in the book it said a cold does permanent damage to your body. Can you explain why? That's right. Well, because um, the immune response to the infection produces a flood of free radicals. And uh, and while these free radicals are flooding, they do genetic damage. And um, and of course, the, you know, your genes are your blueprints. They 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 tell the body what to do. They're the computer program that runs everything. And you know, if you start getting glitches in your computer program, pretty soon the the computer isn't going to work well. And the more glitches you put into the program, the worse it's going to work. So look at it this way. Uh, every time you have a cold, you're putting glitches into your computer program. And, uh, and that's not good because eventually your computer is going to crash. And, uh, and that's what we call serious disease and death. Uh, so every time you get a cold, you are damaging, doing genetic damage, uh, putting more errors into your computer program, and there's no excuse for having a cold. Now, as I said, I've had two colds in the last 27 years, but I have good excuses for both of them. And right. uh, we talk about the Hunza. Here these people live to an average age of 120. They never had colds. And they would be out in the they they they'd be out walking in the snow barefoot, you know, in, yeah, in the yeah. Himalayas. They didn't have colds. So if so, someone is so if someone is always sick, I know people like that. They're always sick. Every time something yeah. there's something going around, they get it. If someone yeah. is already always sick, is that a warning sign? Oh, those that, 
those alarm bells are ringing so loud uh, they uh, they yeah that is that is a huge warning sign even one cold is a huge warning sign that something is not right you're doing something wrong uh, and so uh, it's time to start, and then there's only one thing to do, and no matter what you have, and I don't care whether it's diabetes or cancer or Alzheimer's or a cold, you only have one option, and the option is to get well. Wow. And how do you get well? How do you get well? Well, look at it this way. The reason you're sick is because you have a large number of cells that are malfunctioning. Well, cells malfunction for only two reasons. Either they're not getting everything they need to function properly, we call this problem deficiency, or they're getting something that's interfering with their normal function, and we call that problem toxicity. So cells malfunction for only two reasons, deficiency and toxicity. So there's only one disease, the malfunctioning cells. There's only two causes of disease, deficiency and toxicity. If you properly address those two causes, Whatever is wrong, when you, when you address the causes, when you revert the cells to normal function, whatever is wrong will simply disappear. And that's why we have people all the time, stage four cancer, that disappears. Uh, I was just up in Toronto early this year. I hadn't been up there in four years. I was lecturing at the uh, convention center in downtown Toronto and I had people coming up to me afterwards um, who had seen me four years prior. And one man came up to me and he said, God bless you, thank you, thank you. He said, I had terminal cancer and you cured my cancer. I had a man come up to me and he said, I'm a chiropractor, you saved my life. Thank you, thank you, God bless you. I had a woman come up and she was holding her hands. She was walking up to the podium with her arms outstretched in front of her and her hands out in front of her. And she walked up to the podium saying, look, look, look at my hands. I had rheumatoid arthritis. I was crippled, and you cured me. Hmm. Well, I didn't do anything. I didn't cure anybody. All they did was properly address the problems of deficiency and toxicity, revert their cells to normal, and what was wrong went away. Yeah, it's not brain science. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. You know, unfortunately, you know, it's. Uh, I I explained this to a doctor once, and he looked at me and he said, "Oh, that's too simple." <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people think everything has to be like this intricate solution. It's always something simple. Um, while we're on that, I'm just going to ask you a quick question because I'm very interested in what you're going to say. Are you an advocate of juicing? Uh, yes, and I do juice. Okay, and and I'll tell you why you need to do that. Everybody needs to be juicing, um, and it's because there's no food. Now we talked about the carrot, for example. Um, the carrot now has a, a fraction of the nutrition that it used to have just 50 years ago. So if you if you eat a carrot. Um, and you chew it really, really well, and who chews the carrot really, really well? Nobody chews well in America. They just go chomp and they swallow. Uh, if you chew it really, really well, you'll get 30% of the nutrition that's in the carrot. So if the carrot's already deficient, say if it's already got 25% of the magnesium it used to have, and you're only getting 30% of that 25%, you're not getting a lot of magnesium. So most Americans are magnesium deficient. Yeah. If you juice the carrot 
and break open all of the cells, you triple the amount of nutrition you get. So you'll get like 90%. Instead of getting 30% of the nutrition in the carrot, you'll get 90%. Now, the carrot's already deficient, so would you rather get 30% of that 25% that's there, or would you rather get 90% of the 25% that's there? Better to get the 90%. So yeah. juicing has become an absolute necessity, and uh, and I juice all the time. Yeah, I don't do it enough. I do do it, but I don't do it enough. I'm going to get more into it because I've seen some amazing transformations of people. And I think it's especially important for obesity because a lot of people are just nutrient deficient. They think that they're eating too much is the fact that they're just nutrient deficient and juicing kind of That's right. kind of uh, levels that out for them. So um, if Absolutely. I tell anybody that if they're obese, you need to start juicing. <laughs> Juice. Uh, you know, if you can be calcium deficient and become obese just because you're calcium deficient, hmm. you can be B vitamin deficient and become obese because you're B vitamin deficient. So, again, no matter what disease it is, whether it's obesity or a cold or cancer, there's only one cause, and that's the malfunctioning cell that is suffering from deficiency and toxicity. And if you properly address the deficiency and toxicity, um, then you solve the problem. The, the cell reverts to normal, and uh, it knows how to do. It knows how to do its job. The, you know, your cells know how to balance your blood pressure. You don't need to be on blood pressure medication. That's crazy. Uh, the body knows how to balance your blood pressure. You're screwing it up. It's the same yep. thing with blood sugar. Uh, the body knows how to balance the blood sugar. It does a perfect job, but you screw it up. And, and then you go to a doctor and take a drug <laughs> instead of, you know, hey, stop screwing it up. You know? yeah. So uh, this is what we need to do. But today, as you mentioned, you know, uh, vitamins are a necessity. And, and as I was looking at vitamins, what I discovered in my own case is that most vitamins didn't work very well. Um, and uh, and some of them don't work at all. Um, in fact, about 43% of them don't even dissolve on time to be of any use to the human body. Um, so I ended up um, learning about vitamin chemistry. I'm now one of the country's experts in, in, in the chemistry of how to put a vitamin pill together, and now I make my own vitamin pills, and, and we sell them online at beyondhealth.com. Uh, you know, the some of the highest quality vitamin pills you can buy in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got in contact with you. I actually called your office uh, at Beyond Health, and they gave me your information to uh, to uh, contact you to get on the air here. But um, before we get, I got a question. I'm going to move on here. But if anyone has a question, dial in six four six seven one six nine three seven one. Hit the number one, and then I will bring you on the air if you have a question and you want to have that answered by Dr. Francis. So um, let's move along here. Uh, I'm going to get touch on food here, and I'm going to ask you to kind of expand on um, the four worst foods. What are the four worst foods, uh, the first, the four worst food choices we can make? As you well, in I, call the, I call them the big four, mm -hmm. and, um, and the big four will literally kill you. And, uh, and the first of the big four is sugar. Uh, sugar is a metabolic poison, and if you, if you look at the chemistry of what happens when you eat just one teaspoon of sugar, it, it's like a hundred-car pile up out on the freeway. 
just imagine a hundred cars all smashed into each other and bodies everywhere and fires and and uh, brake fluids and and uh, radiator fluids and gasoline and broken glass and broken plastic. I mean, it's a mess. One teaspoon of sugar, that's what happens inside your body biologically. So it is a very deadly, dangerous metabolic poison. And every time you eat sugar, you get older. Sugar ages you. Every time you eat sugar, you depress your immunity. One teaspoon of sugar will depress your immunity by 50% within two hours. And then people say, oh, I caught a cold. No, you didn't. You ate some sugar, you lowered your immunity, and you got an infection. Uh, So uh, deadly metabolic poison, it causes virtually every disease. It is a major cause, probably the single largest cause of Alzheimer's. It's one of the largest causes of heart disease, one of the largest causes of diabetes, of cancer, um, of colds, flu. Um, Sugar is deadly. Yeah, let's touch on that. Let's rewind a bit in the heart disease because a lot of people think – I just did a podcast. I have another um, show that I do a podcast with another young lady, and we were talking about this very topic last night about the fact that – and in your book, I believe it's a study that you had some Jewish uh, people that were in Yemen, and they went to a different country, and then they started to get heart disease. But can you talk about that whole thing of sugar – fat and cholesterol and why we shouldn't be so worried about uh, the fat and cholesterol. Because I believe that study you quoted was by someone named Cohen, A.J. A. Cohen, or A.M. Cohen. Yes, right, right. Yeah. Now, see, cholesterol is not the issue. And and, uh, and what they're doing is uh, they're, they're making it an issue because they're making billions and billions and billions of dollars by selling cholesterol drugs. Well, you have to be crazy to take a cholesterol drug. Um, and, yeah, a cholesterol drug does zero good. In other words, if you put it on the balance, does it do any good? The answer is no. It does no good whatsoever. And it does enormous amounts of harm. It causes cancer. It causes muscle wasting. It causes brain damage. It goes on and on and on and on. So it's lose-lose-lose situation to take a cholesterol drug, and cholesterol is not the problem. The problem is inflammation. And um, cholesterol will oxidize and form plaques, but (laughs) it doesn't form a plaque unless it gets oxidized. So it's the inflammation that oxidizing it that's the problem and not the the cholesterol. Half of all people with heart attacks have normal cholesterol. Um, And indeed, in a lot of countries, the people have cholesterol levels higher than most Americans, and they don't have heart disease. So it's a phony issue, and uh, and you have to understand, and do not take a cholesterol drug. It is a, a deadly poison that does you no good whatsoever. No. Uh, what you really need is you know, vitamin C uh, to, uh, to act as an antioxidant. Yeah, that's another issue. A lot of people don't even know that you're not getting real vitamin C in the stores in the, in, from the supplements. But that's, oh, yes. That's, 
Yeah, that's another issue. We'll have to have you back just just to discuss. Oh, we, we I could talk for days about vitamins. <laughs> I got to tell you, I've spent two years now wrestling with vitamin C because the the Chinese have taken over the business. Um, mm-hmm. They've put all the Europeans out of business now, and uh, and the stuff coming out of China is really not that good. And uh, so it's been a struggle for me. I mean, uh, I pride myself on having the highest quality vitamins in the world. Uh, and uh, in the last few years, it has been a major struggle. Uh, I finally found a guy in Europe who would make what I want, but it cost five times the world price. Um, but it's a constant struggle to keep up the quality. Um, and unless you have the quality, the vitamins are not going to work very well, and they can even harm you even. Yeah, yeah. So sugar is one. Let's let's move on. What's the what's yeah. the next one? Wheat. Wheat is number two. Oh um, yes. Yeah, and the average person eats um over two hundred pounds of wheat every year. Uh and it's in everything. You know, it's in your breakfast cereal, it's in the, it's all the bread and the, the pies and the cakes and the and the pizza and the pretzels and the crackers and the cookies. Wheat's in everything. And it is a deadly poison. Um, and people are probably shocked by that. Uh, but um, here's the reason why. Uh, the wheat we're eating today is not the wheat our ancestors were eating. It's been hybridized, uh, and they've screwed it up, and now it's very high in gluten, and more and more people are becoming gluten-sensitive. About half the population is gluten-sensitive now. Whether yeah, they I, am. I am. And, I am. Uh, yeah. yeah. I am my girlfriend as well. We don't eat gluten at all. We we quit well, like two three years ago. Yeah, yep. uh, and and the and the cause of that has been the enormous amounts of gluten that we're eating in in the hybridized wheat. But even worse uh, than the gluten, uh, there are things called lectins in the wheat that are even more deadly than the gluten, and uh, and the lectins are now causing havoc in in the population. So stay off of wheat. Do not eat wheat. Get off of it. Um, number three is the processed oils. You know, we talked about the, the cells have to be healthy. Well, think of a cell as a water balloon. Uh, it's got all this liquid inside it and all this good stuff, and then it's got this membrane around it. Well, that's what a cell is like. It's like a little water balloon. And everything that goes into the cell, all the oxygen and all the nutrients and the, the, you know, the minerals, and the, uh, everything that goes into the cell has to go through the membrane. And then all the waste products have to come out of the membrane, so they have to go through the membrane too. So what goes in and what goes out of the cell must be carefully, carefully regulated if the cell is going to work right. Well, here's the problem. The cell membrane is made out of oils. When you eat the oils that are available in our supermarkets and in our foods, those are the wrong oils. And when you incorporate those into your cell membrane, the cell membrane will malfunction, and now you're sick because you've changed what can go in and out of the cell. So all of the supermarket oils will make you sick. And there's only a few oils that are really healthy. Uh, yeah. Olive oil, but hard to get. I I had to make my own olive oil because it's very difficult to buy olive oil. It just is not available you, anywhere. Yeah, you quoted a um, you quoted a brand in your book. I, I can't remember. It was I know it started with a B. 
Started with a B, yes, that was good, uh, but I now make a Beyond Health brand and oh, okay. um, do my specifications. And um, and about, I guess it was now three years ago, maybe four years ago, three, four years ago, uh, University of California, Davis, did a study of olive oils. Mm-hmm. Our olive oil had the highest antioxidant content of any oil they tested. Hmm. So it's uh, it's real oil, and it's very, very healthy, and it's called Beyond Health Olive Oil. Yeah, I'm going to have to order some of your oil because <laughs> we oh, use absolutely. olive oil on our, on our salads. Um, less, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. <clears throat> Canola oil, is it healthy? We've been told that it's healthy. Is it healthy? No. <laughs> Canola oil is definitely not healthy, and uh, and nobody should be eating this stuff. Nobody. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's again, it's a highly processed oil. And um, and it isn't a good oil to begin with, by the way. Um, but it's it's highly processed, and and when you process it, you change the molecular structure of it. Uh, there are omega three fatty acids in canola oil, and when you process them, you transform them into trans fats, and trans fats are very 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 bad for you. Um, but uh, trans fats will screw up your cell membranes. But um, in processing it, they heat it. And when they heat it, um, canola oil releases what we call uh, 1,3-butadiene. And it also releases benzene and acrolein and formaldehyde and other very, very toxic compounds uh, are released when you heat the canola oil in the processing. And this gets into the foods. So uh, it is absolutely not. And then all the canola now, of course, is genetically modified. And so that's another another component and another problem. So I wouldn't touch <clears throat> canola oil. I do not touch it. I do not recommend it. Nobody should be eating this stuff. All right. Well, what are some of the best oils for us to use? You mentioned olive oil. What are, what are another one? I, I'm a big well, fan of coconut oil. Coconut oil, absolutely, but again, has to be high quality. It took me two years. I sell coconut oil, Beyond Health coconut oil. It took me two years to find an oil that met my standards, uh, so it wasn't an easy task. Uh, so, uh, But it is. Coconut oil is very healthy. Olive oil is very healthy, but hard to find real coconut oil and real real olive oil. Um, and uh, But flaxseed oil is also very, very excellent. Um, yeah, so... Uh, uh, but these these are healthy oils, and then uh, for fats, something like organic ghee is a good fat if you want a you know a butter substitute or um, a fat that you can um, uh, you know if you want to put something in a frying pan and saute something with butter, we'll use organic ghee. Uh, so um, uh, there are some good stuff out there. Some good stuff out there. Yeah. All right. So we got sugar, gluten, processed oil oils. What's the last one? Um, the last one is um, is dairy, and uh, that's uh, milk and and uh, and dairy products. Uh, and again, we you know uh, pre- people have a hard time with that because we've all been brainwashed into thinking you know that remember all the, the the TV ads you know milk does a body good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it doesn't, and so, but it's very hard to convince people of that because they've been so brainwashed into thinking that it does. But consider this, you know, uh, nowhere in nature does any animal drink the milk of another species. 
and nowhere in nature does any animal drink milk after weaning. And there are good reasons for this, because the the milk of each species, uh, the chemistry of that milk is unique to the need of the species. And so you right. can't cross species feed. You can't feed mouse milk to an elephant. Uh, for one thing, you need an awful lot of little mouses. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, and you can't feed elephant milk to a giraffe and giraffe milk to a cow and cow milk to a human. You just can't do that biologically. Um, so we're violating that. We are cross-species feeding, and we're feeding after weaning. And 70% of the world's population doesn't drink milk. Uh, only 30% of the population drinks milk. And and then really only a few percent drink a lot of milk, and Americans are in that category. <laughs> and right. And so we, as a result, we have enormous rates of chronic disease and cancer and heart disease and uh, and Alzheimer's and all this as a result of drinking milk um, and osteoporosis. Uh, you know who has the mo- who has the most osteoporosis? Well, the countries that drink milk. Uh, countries right. that don't drink milk don't have any osteoporosis. Yeah. Uh, now, problem. yeah. Does this include? Because um, I know a lot of people have um, you know finding out about raw milk. So does that include raw milk as well? It does include raw milk. Now, uh, let me explain. Raw milk is healthier. Um, it isn't. Uh, in in my in my mind, it's not a healthy food. Milk is not a healthy food because you can't cross species feed and you can't feed after weaning. Uh, but if you're going to drink milk, then you need unprocessed milk because once you process it, once you homogenize it, once you um, uh, pasteurize it you completely change the chemical and physical properties of the milk and turn it into a real poison. Hmm. So um, uh, so unpasteurized milk, raw milk, uh, might be not, not a good food, but it's not a deadly poison either. But by the time you pasteurize it and homogenize it and process it, uh, you've turned that into a real deadly poison. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more question. This was something I was really interested in because it's something I see all the time. It, I knew it, but earlier on in my journey, I didn't know it, and I, I, I don't know how I came across it, but um, the whole notion of food combining. Talk about mm-hmm. talk about that. Well, uh, historically, you know, you have to go back. We were hunter-gatherers, and so our digestive systems were designed for that type of living. And as a hunter-gatherer, if you if you found an animal uh, or a fish or something and uh, and you ate it, uh well, you were eating animal protein. And uh and if you came across an apple tree and you picked some apples, um uh, you'd be eating fruit. And uh and if it came along and you you picked some celery or something else and you ate that, you'd be eating some vegetables. Um, the problem is that with today's modern technology, we can eat all of that at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the body was not designed to do it. And uh, and as a result, we're maldigesting our food because the, the body is incapable of digest, digesting things. Uh, for example, uh, animal protein needs a high acid environment in order to properly be processed. Uh, vegetables need a more alkaline environment to be um, uh, 
properly processed, and especially fruit uh, needs a more alkaline environment to be to be processed. And so, the the thing is, if you if you come and grains need a, a more alkaline environment to be processed. So, if you combine them, um, let's say if you combine uh, a starch uh, with with uh, with an animal protein, um, uh, let's say spaghetti and meatballs, or um, you know, uh, meat and potatoes, or um, fish and rice. Uh, you're combining an animal protein with a starch. The starch needs an alkaline environment to digest. The protein needs a acidic environment, and uh, and the body doesn't know what to do. It tries to do both. They cancel each other out. You end up maldigesting your food, and um, and and look at the amount of money people spend on digestive aids these days, and you know, right. and they have heartburn, and you know, why do they have heartburn? You know, why do they have GERD? You know, they're, they're, it's because that their food is not digesting properly. So if you if you learn to food combine properly, you can eat vegetables with with a starch, um, and you can eat vegetables with a protein. But you don't want to mix the starch with the protein, and you don't want to. Uh, so, and uh, and the same thing, fruit needs to be eaten alone. Uh, and a lot of people will eat a, a you know a, a steak for dinner and then have some fruit for dessert. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah, um, I see that all the time. I used yeah, to see that when. Uh, yeah, I used to see that in meetings where uh, you know when you go to a lot of corporate meetings, they would have uh, fruit out there in the morning and people would think, oh, I'm giving some fruit, that's really healthy. But meanwhile, they'd also have fruit and a pastry. And mm-hmm. that's not that's not healthy. I remember before I knew what I know now, I would do that and then I would end up, my stomach would, I would sit in the meeting, my stomach is gurgling. I'm like, I wonder why my stomach is right. gurgling. I ate, I ate something healthy. <laughs> and then and then you get gas and then you exactly. get uh, uh, mm-hmm. GERD and you get all these problems uh, and uh, you know I tell you if you're a healthy 18 year old you can probably digest a tank <laughs> but you know beyond that and the older you get the more difficult it becomes to digest things that that you can't be digesting at the same time so as you grow older the need for food combining properly increases and i have a whole section in all of my books to tell you how to properly food combine um and that's a very important thing i've taken people with gerd who were on all kinds of drugs from their doctors and the doctors that taught, you know had no advice on what to do and i just say well why don't you do proper food combining and all their problems go away. I believe it because I I think that that's part of the problem. We just don't know how to combine our food properly. Even if you look at the standard the standard of what people always say, meat and potatoes. There you go, right there. You combine a protein and a starch, which is not all yeah, that. Yeah, but you, you can't. The starch needs an alkaline environment, and the meat needs a, an acid environment, and you can't do them both at the same time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so then the food doesn't digest well, and it starts to putrefy, and it starts to ferment, and you start uh, producing all kinds of dangerous toxins that get a, a, absorbed into the body, and uh, you know it's a mess, and you're not getting the nutrition that you should be getting because the food isn't digesting properly. Right. So um, I got a couple more questions, and then we'll kind of wind this down. Um, 
Throughout your book, I know you talk about cells, and I was just wondering, is there a point where cellular damage can't be reversed? Obviously, if you die, it can't be reversed, but is there a point beyond no return? Let's say I, I'm way beyond reversing the uh, cellular uh, damage. Well, uh, there there is a point of no return. Um, you You can reach a point where even the repair machinery is so damaged that you can no longer really do repairs. But i got to tell you, um, it, it's a, a lot further out than I thought it was 20 years ago uh, because I've seen too many miracles happen uh, in the last 20 years. So um, you, can, you can turn around some pretty extreme situations um, if you do it right. So, uh, and I think that should give hope to people that have uh, supposedly terminal diseases. I mean, I had a terminal disease. I was supposed to be dead within days. Um, and I've seen people, I've, I've turned around people who were supposed to be dead of, of cancer within months. And and, uh, and you turn them around and they live happily ever after. I mean, it just uh, it takes about three months to turn cancer around and then uh, you're cured. Um, and you don't need surgery, and you don't need, you know, chemotherapy, you don't need any of that nonsense. Wow. Um, next question, and this is something that um, I'm very interested in. I don't have them, but uh, allergies. What's the thing? I actually went on your website and read something about allergies as well and also read it in the book. Can you kind of explain about allergies and why? Well, I think, Many people I think, think allergies that- are – go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, they think they're normal. Exactly. Uh, and in, it, indeed, they are normal because everybody has them now. And 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 children are being born with them now um, as a result of the poor diets of their parents and, and their grandparents. So people, children are being born with allergies now. Uh, but an allergy is, is not normal. It is a serious disease. Every time you have an allergic reaction, you're you're putting another nail in the coffin. Uh, and people have a lot of allergic reactions these days. So uh, you need to strengthen your immune system, and uh, and the food allergies, you need to strengthen uh, your gut. What happens is we eat these these diets um, where you don't food combine properly. The food doesn't, um, doesn't properly digest, um, and the result is you produce a chemical soup down there that uh, changes the nature of the bugs in the tummy um, so that you no longer have a normal assortment of, of bacteria. Uh, and then that damages the gut tissue, and, um, and you start to get what we call leaky gut. Um, so that there are little microscopic holes in the gut that are now bigger than they should be, uh, and whole molecules start to go through these little holes in the gut, and uh, boom, you're now allergic to you know eggs, or boom, you're now allergic to soy, or you know you're allergic to fish, or uh, because these molecules are getting through the leaky gut. Um, if you make yourself well strengthen your immune system, and repair the holes in the gut, um, then all these allergies go away because they're only going to happen if those molecules can get through the leaky gut. Once you repair the gut and it doesn't leak anymore, they don't go through, you don't suffer the allergic reaction. So I've helped, um, oh my gosh, hundreds and hundreds of people cure themselves of food allergies uh, simply by improving their immunity and repairing their gut. 
Yeah, a lot of people don't even know that they have, um, you know, the food allergies or food sensitivity. They, they keep eating the, the food that the the very food is actually they're allergic to all the time. So that's mm-hmm. that's crazy, crazy. Yeah, well, uh, they don't know. You know, they they might feel a little sleepy after lunch, or or exactly. maybe their eyes itch, or maybe you know something else happens, or something else itches, or whatever, uh, or maybe they don't sleep well, or uh, they don't know that it's the food they ate and the allergic reaction they're suffering. Yeah, I was classic. When I had my gluten allergy, I would eat pizza, and I would. It, it didn't matter. I could. St- I could get ten hours of sleep and go into a meeting and eat a slice of pizza during. You know, they would always bring us in pizza for for these lunch things we used sure. to have at uh-huh. work, and food, I'd eat a right? slice of pizza. Yeah, yeah, it's quick, good, quick food, and I would eat a slice of pizza, and I would just go into a coma. I could not stay awake. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it never yeah, occurred absolutely. to me. It never occurred to me until I went to see a holistic physician, and she asked me, you know, was I sensitive to gluten? And I'm like, what is that? This is like three years ago. I'm like, what is that? And I just decided to um, kick gluten for seven days, and I felt so much better after doing that. It actually cured my arthritis too. I had arthritis in both knees, right. and I didn't suffer from it anymore. The gluten well, was I, attacking I, my joints. Your your typical example, I tell people get off of the big four, get off of the sugar, get off of the wheat, get off of the dairy, get off of the – and and they get well. And then they come screaming up to you saying, you saved my life. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> you know, All you did is tell them to stop killing themselves right, by yeah. eating stuff they shouldn't be eating. Uh, I think I'm pretty good, but I, I still got the sugar. I still got to kick the sugar thing. Oh, yeah. Your body will thank you. Believe me. Um, uh, Every time you eat even one teaspoon of sugar, you are doing, it's a train wreck. It is just a biological. If I had a huge, we were on television, I had a huge blackboard. Uh, I I could show you what happens when you eat sugar. It is just so devastating. And I have a picture of all this chemistry in my head, so I don't touch sugar. I don't want to be in the same room with it, you know, mm. because I know what happens when, when you eat it. it. It is absolutely devastating. It increases your blood pressure, among other things. It, it helps to give you high blood pressure. It causes cancer. It causes heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's. is probably the single largest cause of Alzheimer's. And uh, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, if you want to be sick, eat sugar. Yeah, I'm going to have to see about kicking that sugar habit. Actually, I'm looking at uh, getting someone on. Um, uh, I think her name is Connie Bennett. She wrote a book, Sugar Shock, and I wanted to have her on to talk about sugar. Um, Good. You need to get that message out. Yeah, yeah. Last question for you, and I'm going to call it tonight. Um, And just to expand on this statement, I actually took it from your book, but I've heard it um, before. Um. Why are virtually all people overfed and undernourished in our society? Well, we're overfed because food is so readily available and so cheap. Uh, And the food that we're eating does not supply the nutrition. You see, the body has an appetite control, and when it needs nutrition, it says, I'm hungry. So when you feed it a lot of calories that has no nutrition, the body's going to say, I'm hungry. So you're going to eat more. So you keep eating more worthless food, and pretty soon you get fat. 
Uh, and that's that's the big problem is that uh, our appetite control is, uh, knows that we have not been fed. We don't have the nutrition, and, and we're still hungry for nutrition. So we keep eating more, and then we're eating foods that have no nutrition in them and lots of calories. Um, and this is leading to obesity, of course, and, and all of our diseases. But, you know, I, I have a... Um, um, a newsletter. It's a free newsletter on my website. People go to the website and, and sign up for this free newsletter, and it gives you this kind of information on a regular basis, and it's absolutely your, free. Yeah, what's it's your website? Beyond right? Health, beyondhealth.com. There's okay. a two words stuck together, beyondhealth.com. And uh, go there, and right on the front page, you can sign up for a free newsletter, and it's uh, just filled with this kind of good information on a regular basis. Cool, cool. I think that they should check that out. I've checked your website out and read a couple of your articles uh, on there, and it's very, very informative stuff. And, again, just like your book, it's very simple to read. You don't have to be um, a Harvard grad to pick this stuff up. You just um, start reading, and that's the one thing that I think people need to learn is they need to have take an active interest in their health and quit tuning into the television and listening to what somebody else tells you and then do the research on your own. The Internet is uh, uh, a vast plane. There's so much information out there. That's why I can't really understand why people aren't tapping into that as a resource. They're trying to get all their information. Well, they the don't. Ch- see, it's conflicting. Uh, it's conflicting, yeah. and they can't separate the wheat from the chaff. So they, one one article says this. Uh, another article says the opposite. They don't know which one is right. Uh, and that's why I write my books. Uh, I cut through all that and and uh, read these things very carefully and decide which which study is nonsense and which study makes sense. And and a lot of studies out there today are are, are deliberately misleading. I mean, the, 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 these researchers have been hired to come out with a certain uh, conclusion. And uh, so you can you can make a study come out with any conclusion you want, depending on how you design the study, and uh, and that's what happens. A lot of it is deliberately misleading, and people don't know what to do. They they you know, one says this, the other says that, and and so you end up doing nothing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you, you're confused and you sit in one place, and that's what a lot of people are doing. Yeah, so that's why I write my books because um, I cut through the confusion for them. And uh, and that's uh, and indeed I've been complimented on that. Uh, I don't know if you know who Dr. Russell Blaylock is, but he's one of the top doctors. He's one of the top docs in America, and uh, and he said that um, Raymond Francis is one of the few scientists who has achieved a breakthrough understanding of health and disease. And I took that as a a really great compliment coming from a a brilliant uh, doctor like him. Yeah, I'd love to have him on. I've um, looked at um, his, uh, he had a lecture about nutrition. There were some real good facts on it. But I also know he's pretty versed in MSG, monosodium glutamate. Yes, he's uh, quite an expert in that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to have him on because I think people are, I see people with these potato chips and everything at the grocery store and they don't know what they're doing to themselves. Well, part of the problem is, you see, you can go and ask, is there MSG in here? And, And they'll say no. And that'll be the truth. The problem is that there are other forms of glutamates yeah. um, beyond monosodium glutamate. And so it can be loaded with glutamates, and they can still say no MSG. So the average person says, oh, no MSG. 
but it's loaded with glutamates and it's doing tremendous damage to your brain and your health. And yeah, a lot of that 80 percent, eighty percent of the processed foods today contain glutamates. Yes, yes. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. I wanted to thank you for coming on the coming on the Fat Man Radio Show and just answering well, the questions. Thank you. And I'm actually wanting to have you back again. There's two books of yours I want to read. I'm very interested in your uh, never. I guess it's never have cancer again or something like that. Yes. But yes, never um, cancer I, again. Yeah, my mom actually passed away from breast cancer about a couple of years ago, so I'm very interested in that. Back, but I know the listeners are probably more interested in never be fat again because everybody's kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of dealing with that whole obesity thing. So I'm going to have you back if you'd like to come, and we'll discuss. Oh, a, happy, to happy to yeah. do it. Happy to do it. Yeah, just just in you know, give us an invitation, and we'll be there for you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Francis, for being on the show, and uh, have a good evening been a pleasure and and god bless you you're doing a really super job for your listeners and uh we need more people like you thank you i hope we get to meet in person one day you we're so close to each other you're i'm actually in davie you're in uh coral Springs. oh wow well we'll have to arrange that yeah yeah so all righty sir thank you have a good night okay bye-bye all right bye-bye okay that is Fat Man Radio for tonight. Guys, I hope that's some good information for you. I could have stayed on with him for a, a very long time, probably two or three hours just talking because I love this stuff. But uh, a couple of reminders here. If you have not picked up my free report, pick up my report. You can go to naturalhealthforwellbeing.com where you can get my report between two thieves. It's an audio report where I give you my experiences that I had in the pharmaceutical industry. And I also give you some things about, uh, you may have heard Dr. Francis talk about genetically modified organisms or GMO food. I talk about that. I talk about, again, my experience in the pharmaceutical industry, what I saw with antibiotics, because that used to be my line of products that I sold. So pick up that report. It's audio. You can download it into your iPod, listen to it while you're doing something. I like to listen to things while I'm cleaning up the house or washing dishes. So you can do that. It's nothing that you, you you have to read. I know a lot of people don't have the time to read, so that's why I put it on an audio report. So, again, go to naturalhealthforwellbeing.com. Also, I mentioned on I have another podcast, which I do with a young lady by the name of Diane Kaiser, Kaiser, I'm sorry, Kaiser, and it's called Wellness Warrior Radio. And we talk about a lot of health issues, a lot of things that I can't discuss on here, a lot of things that I can't be as candid about on Blog Talk Radio. You can go and you can download that from iTunes. Just look for Wellness Warrior Radio. And I'm going to have Diane on the show soon. She's a functional diagnostic uh, nutritionist. And she'll come on and she'll talk about some of the things that she works with her clients uh, to overcome. So, again, thank you for listening to Fat Man Radio. This is Darren McDuffie signing out. I'll see you on the same fat time and same fat channel. Good night.